All right. Welcome back to the Miranda's Pod. Miranda's et al. Our our listeners. Hi, Miranda's. Welcome back to the pod. Um, very excited to record tonight with you, Gilly. Even though like I just saw you Friday you night. Know, how many Friday night? We were out again on Friday night. We're just girls yep. out in the town. Which is ever since Gilly came to New York <laughs> City, I've been like quote unquote going out, <laughs> like trying to find going out tops or anything, but. Both nights we've gone out have been like absurd weather in New yeah. York City. So I've just been like, I'm going to put on jeans, a sweater and boots, right? Like utility. Utility. No, no, no. Other people in New York City are like, they're going to put on their most fashionable fucking outfit ever. I've, I felt like a loser. I, I felt like a, an well, old as, maid. As someone put. You looked great. Oh, thank you. Well, I think you put while we were waiting in line for the bathroom. I feel like we are around the cast of Gossip Girl, the new generation. <laughs> no, I know. I was like, yeah, we are in Gossip Girl, new generation. <laughs> like, we, I saw fringe suede leather jackets with leather pants and a shape. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, we I saw some buzz cuts on the ladies. Funky mini skirts and like, wacky boots and i was like oh god i thought people when there was like an ice storm out in 15 degrees like people for went fashion and were like i've just got to dress warm i don't want to slip on the ice no 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 people wore absurd shoes i saw a tube top a, t- a tube top i would never even think to put on a tube top i would ever if i ever wore something like slutty i would always wear like a chunky like knit cardigan it's balance, which is kind of what I did Friday night, which is I had like a crop top, but I had this like kind of like old lady cardigan. On. First off, Gilly, you looked great. And, and I felt like exposed. You Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> showing a little skin. But no, I kind of it felt like and I don't know if anyone else listening has felt this if you're in our age group or a little bit older. But post covid, it feels as if the people who were like 23, 24 in COVID who are now like 25, 26, they are like going out. They are, they are, they have not moved to Jersey. They have not moved to like the suburbs. They want the city. They don't need space. And they are like full on going out in dating mode. Um, yeah. Well that you pointed out that it was like in the two years where there hasn't been much going out. All of a sudden, there's like this new influx of humans who are like out on the town and they dress way more like like TikTok 90s, early 2000s. It's TikTok fashion. Yeah. And even when we were younger, when we went out, I just always remember we wore layers, even if it was cold and we wanted to look sexy. I again saw people this past weekend after we left the bar, I saw a group of people not wearing jackets. I know. So it was like 20 something degrees outside. What is this post COVID world? I don't know. Maybe I've become, I don't know, because I'm not old. I'm young. I'm, but I don't feel part of like the New York City going out scene anymore. And was I ever part of it? Not really. Yeah. Like I've never really been part of it, but I felt <laughs> kind of with it and like, part of the group. Yeah, we I don't know. I felt it. very like like out of the group on Friday. Even though I was with a group that I was having yeah. fun with the group, I felt oh very isolated yeah. from strangers. Like I wasn't one of them. I don't know. It's a weird feeling to have. Yeah, it was it was a fun bar though. Oh, we went out in God. Greenpoint and yeah, I thought it was fun. They had good drinks and um we had a couch which was nice. 
Um, but as we were sitting on the couch, Sarah and I were just like, okay, I don't even can, know. We were just like laughing about all sorts of things. And Sarah was writing it. Down. Okay, we did. We were having just so much fun. And this was r- reminded me of when we were younger, like 23 in New York City, 24, 25, when you still lived there. And we would just go out and we would just mm-hmm. talk to each other the whole night, just like laughing hysterically so it did remind me of that <laughs> but at one point we wanted a group group photo and so we asked this guy and yeah i was like gilly like this guy is like really cute he's i mean he, he was being very flirty and fun and super smiling and fun and like really nice about taking our photo and like went, yeah. went hard on taking photos like didn't do it half half assed like he did di- multiple shots different angles squatted, squatted. he was great so i was like gilly this guy is like really cute and you're like sarah Sarah, I need you to, I need you to look down. (laughs) And I I looked down and this man was wearing the most absurd pair of sneakers that I've ever seen in my life. And the things we came up with what these things looked like. Well, I told Sarah, I was like, Sarah, yeah, he's cute, but it looks like he has hooves. <laughs> like, you know, those insane sneakers that are basically like a a goth snowshoe. It's like giant black canoes on someone's foot. And we're like, these are the shoes yeah. that the Grim Reaper would wear bringing you to hit hell. Like, these are insane. Like the foam, like, is so like it goes so far away from where the like, like back of the heel is, you know, <laughs> I turned to Sarah. I was like, you could crack a beer open with one of those shoes. No, it was so funny. Because <laughs> I was just like, it was, I mean, like everything else. Like you were like, yeah, this guy's such a catch. And then you just look down. Package. Like You're- those shoes. Like you imagine him taking those off and trying to put those in one of those airport bins. Like they wouldn't even fit in the airport bin. You know? No, They're no, like, sir, no. what is this? Is this a shoe? He looked like some sort of pagan <laughs> god. It, it was <laughs> like s- satanic folklore. I know character. And those shoes. It's like modeled after this weird Yeezy boost. Sh- I don't know what the fuck it is, but there's like four inches <laughs> yeah. on the back and four inches on the front. Where like, I mean, amazing balance. I, I don't know how somebody yeah. could buy those and put those on and think like these look good <laughs> because. They basically were a repellent for for women. Well, actually, maybe not all women, but for these. Maybe just us. (laughs) We were so confused by these mismatched shoes. Anyway, then we were just talking about a bunch of stuff on the sofa. And when one of the conversations that started with, with this guy with the weird shoes was that he was taking a photograph of us and how I maybe oh, yeah. people you guys like let us know if you feel the same way that in like the 2008 to 2014 kind of time frame maybe it tells me to like 2013 you took a lot of fucking pictures and put it online whereas yes. now everything is On very Facebook. curated you might have a photo dump of yes. like curated photos but you don't Photo dump is like a new term. Exactly. You don't go on. Where you put like six photos up at once on Instagram. Exactly. But and Instagram really changed it, right? Like you, that grid was valuable. That real estate online, like you had to really pick and choose. Yeah. Now in college, it was a fucking free for all. We were the lab rats of Facebook. <laughs> Gilly and I were also. <laughs> or of all social media for that matter. We were the lab rats of all social media. It came out like junior, senior year of high school. The sense of privacy, not there. I would like openly talk about plans on somebody's Facebook wall as if like no one else could read it. It was insane. 
But in college, I don't know if you guys know this about Gilly and I, but we were basically our group's college documentarians. And we took this role very seriously. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We had digital cameras and everyone, I think everyone in our friend group had digital cameras, but they weren't like diligent. Lazy. (laughs) We were like, yeah, we were like, we will document and we will upload and we will tag. But Sarah and I were joking because I remember being like going to like the library and be like, oh God, I got to upload all these photos and then I can study. (laughs) And it would be like, 200 photos in an album and (laughs) that was when like on facebook like it didn't automatically like rotate your photos so you had to rotate the photos then you had to tag the photos you had to caption them and then you had to like click upload and watch the bar like like go up it was a full-time job it would take like two hours sometimes i remember sitting there and i had a and i didn't even i didn't even have a mac for like a long time. I had that chunky fucking like 10 pound <laughs> PC with the battery that if it was Dell, overheated, you yeah. were burnt. Like it was a fire hazard. And I'd be <laughs> uploading photos onto this janky ass computer, like not studying. And I remember this one time, the guy, I think I told you this, I was so embarrassed, but I was dying laughing. So there was, I, I dated a guy for about two years in college, a serious relationship. And so I take a lot of pictures. And this one, this one night, Okay, but day after, he's like, okay, you know what? You tagged me in 150 photos. <laughs> he woke up to He that. woke up to 150 photos. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I have a problem. Like, like t- ins- insanity with these Facebook albums after a night out. But I remember having, like, when I would get that notification, Sarah or Bloody Blah has uploaded and tagged you. <sighs> and the Sony photos, remember, my heart would drop and i would have so much anxiety and i would be like okay i need to know what i'm, <laughs> what I'm well, in well heather actually accused me once they of were putting mostly up hilarious <laughs> Wait, heather what? accused me once of putting up bad photos of her and like because again there was no discretion <laughs> it was a free from that this was the None. wild west of like photography online sharing and so i was like i will put up whatever <laughs> come hell or high water and it and we would I would try at the time if there were duplicates to delete them. But I know that there are people out there who are like, it could have been like 10 photos like of the shutter speed of someone in motion. And they're like, upload all. No, I know. And it's on Facebook. The thing is, I don't. I have a weird relate. You won't find me online, really. Like I have had two Facebooks. They're both gone. I've had two Instagrams. They're both gone. So I've had like multiple lives online. <laughs> and But I also hold the power yeah. of having an insane amount of photos from our college experience. And I have so many of them. And it's just odd now that, I mean, I guess people with like Instagram stories, but I, I, I feel maybe it was a kind of a good thing because we just take pictures and it wasn't like it had to be the perfect picture. You just like took them. Whereas, you know, that feeling when you see people out and it happens to me, I was talking to Claire about this on Friday. It kills me. Where you'll see this girl or this, these people and they'll take a picture. Then they look at it right away. It's usually a girl. And then you can just see their face drop because what they saw didn't match what they thought they looked like or wanted to be seen as. Yeah. And, I don't know. I feel like that didn't happen as much with digital cameras. Maybe the screen Not was so all. small. You could see. No, because like what 
with lifestyle like influencing and all the Instagram branding bullshit, like people take like a million photos to get that one shot. And like professionals, like in photo shoots for magazines, like that's how you do it. But it's it's really annoying for like everyday people because I'll literally be in like the park and there's like in San Francisco, this like little park and it has like a really cool swing on it. And you can never sit at the swing because there's just a line of people having, you know, the swing photo of them with the city in the background. And it's it really just like for me, it like kills Instagram is like really I don't know, maybe I'm being negative. Um, has like really like just killed a lot of cool things. You're like, oh God, that's not cool anymore. It's like, like, or people are just waiting in line for this like mediocre ice cream place just because it's like painted, a, the building's painted a cool color or something. You know what I mean? There's a ton of these pop-ups in New York City that are Instagram traps. Like they're literally meant for you to go and photograph and be in photographs. Um, Okay, speaking of Instagram and then also sex in the city, this- I was gonna do the same transition. I really thought they would mention Carrie's like fashion Instagram more. I think it was just in the first episode, the pilot, they like threw everything out at us on the pilot. And like, they're like, what will stick? I know they did. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, okay. So speaking of the show, well, actually speaking of Instagram, we, uh, we're, we're at the Miranda's <laughs> pod is our handle. If you want to throw us a follow, I can't promise you it'll be that active. If you're if you're concerned about your follower count being a little too high, I get it. I know I I understand. You probably don't want to do that for us, but we we don't know. We are not Instagrammers. I have no idea how to make an uh, an engaging account. That that's not your problem. But you can follow us. (laughs) I don't know. It's Instagram is too funny. But speaking of. Things that are funny. I did not find this episode funny at all, except maybe a couple parts. Um, should we get into it? Should we just like let us? Go all right, right. So, in. guys, it is the and just like that season one finale, episode ten, seeing the light. Okay, so throughout this episode, Carrie is coming to terms with where she will lay. Big's ashes to rest in his kind of final place. <laughs> I'm already thinking about the last scene with the ashes, which is so funny. But okay, so C- Carrie's trying to figure that out. Um, Charlotte in this episode is putting on uh, her child's they mitzvah and just a culmination of all of the parenting and care that has gone in throughout this series kind of comes to light. And Miranda in this episode makes a very bold decision in both hairstyle and uh, her life choices and decides to follow Che Mm -hmm. to California because they are starring in a TV Mm -hmm. pilot. Um, Mm -hmm. And Miranda chooses love over career. And yeah, Mm -hmm. so it's a pretty disconnected plot points, I guess. They're not all threaded together. I guess it's all, um, they're all kind (laughs) of coming to terms with self and choices in the, in this episode. Yeah. All right. So let's just, okay. First impressions. Um, I need to just get to the scene in which Miranda in which Che yeah, invites Miranda to this. meet their 
their family at a bar. First note, elderly people would never want to be somewhere as loud as this like trendy basement bar. Gilly, I don't want to be there. I wouldn't want to be there. Someone's abuela is not going to be in the basement there. Yeah. Yeah. And so we find out about like basically what happens is Miranda thinks she's like meeting Chase family and maybe she is. It still isn't like clear what happened there. But Che all of a sudden turns around and is like goes to the microphone of the place and starts making an announcement and starts saying like I, I've invited all my friends and loved ones here and family to make a big announcement. <sighs> yeah. And they basically make this announcement while singing a rendition of California Girls. Miranda is so confused as to why Chase singing California Girls. And it's to announce that they're moving to California because they are going to film a pilot. Now, here's what I have to say. No one in Hollywood would ever throw a party for themselves for a pilot that they're going to film that might not get picked up because the chances, according to some podcasts I listen to, of a pilot getting picked up is like pretty like low. It's not high. (laughs) And the arrogance is so embarrassing to watch. Gilly. Someone count their chickens before they've hatched. They didn't throw themselves a party. They put together a choreographed routine of song and dance and theatrical (laughs) dramatics. Like, this was a performance and a show. And not only was it a song and a routine, it was also the time in which they were telling their partner that they were moving across the country. This is wildly inappropriate. (laughs) Gilly, if you were dating somebody and they brought you to go meet their family and then they got up on stage and started singing a ridiculous song. And within that song, you receive the information that they are no longer going to be living <laughs> in the same city as you, but they're moving. And they thought it, the best way to tell you was in front of everybody <laughs> while singing. It's insane. I would immediately schedule an emergency appointment <laughs> with my therapist to discuss this personality disorder no no no. and i would also discuss what is wrong with me that i've ended up with this person what (laughs) what have i done that has led me to this point in this basement (laughs) listening to this musical number rock bottom it's rock bottom absolute rock bottom and even che themselves is like what can i say i'm a fucking narcissist and i was like are we just gonna blow over that that was (laughs) because that's exactly what this is yeah and I are people supposed to be proud to say like I feel like narcissism now is a really it's not a trendy term but it's kind of trendy I don't know if you know, like a lot of podcasts talk about narcissism like how to spot a narcissist and yeah. dating like it is not a good thing to yeah. call yourself that I would actually say it borders on psychotic and 
it's like lethal. I feel like it's, it's true. Like 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 um, mass murderers are narcissists. Um, yeah, exactly. Hannibal yeah. Lecter was a narcissist. Like it's branded. It's not a good cult brand. leaders. Cult leaders. Yeah. Uh, our former president. Like these are not a group of people you want to be associated with. Yet she's. Yet they are proud. Proud to be a narcissist and had no consideration of Miranda's feelings whatsoever. But hey, and they're non-traditional. Yeah. Non-traditional. They're non-traditional. Oh what's really funny is that the series, <laughs> the series, or like the producers, Sarah Jessica Parker, whoever, are so desperate to reboot this series into and make it into something so great that it was. It's not going to be that. Sorry. We know it's teed up for a season two. And I know it's I, 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 I'm sure they're going to self-fund this project because they just seemed <laughs> so invested. This is like this is like self-publishing a book that you like send to your like second cousin once removed and like your uncles. You know, when a, like, a woman has like look a, at what I did, a woman has like a really, really rich husband. So she like like yeah. opens a brand and you're like the brand yeah. sucks and clearly you're like paying for every yeah. single thing like this is yeah. what this show is you're right it's yeah. just like a self-congratulatory like passion project <laughs> out of pocket <laughs> passion project <laughs> so they're teeing it up for season two even though everyone has murdered the show um and the thing that's funny is it's like clearly they're holding on to some sort of nostalgia and yet they can't even fact check their own fucking show last time miranda was in la like can we shoot to her experience there does anyone think that miranda would move to la (laughs) you're absolutely Oh my Gilly, I didn't even think about that. The girls go to LA in season, what is it, three, four? I think it's three. Because we're not there yet. We're not yeah, even there we're yet. Even- they go to LA and Miranda, she's sitting with her friend. They're eating the steak. He's chewing it and spitting it out. She's like He's like bulimic. It was just so horrible. And she like could not stand LA. And now yeah. she's going there. And I, I think we we could this plot point was really upsetting for me to watch that. First off, who gives a fuck about filming a pilot? That is not a big deal. I'm sorry. It's not. It's It's not not a big deal at all. And you are going to give up. Be in a long distance relationship for two months max. You. Like, who cares? Literally go back to school to to do good for the world. And instead, you're going to go across the country to follow a self-proclaimed narcissist film a terrible <laughs> comedy pilot and 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 leave your like husband i mean that's already that's fine whatever and miranda has a kid in high school like he's going his- backpacking with with louisa I was like, oh, that's did he good graduate timing. high school yet I, I guess oh, but also summertime i mean i wouldn't let my 18 you know what i guess whatever like, anyway okay. i and i and i know what miranda at the end when she has her dyed red hair which just goes against the first episode when yeah. she was when it's supposed to be like gray pride 
right? Like letting women age, but instead yeah. it's like, no, I'm going to go back to this other self. I'm going to LA. <laughs> I'm going to LA. <laughs> and of course, like Miranda, if you're going to LA, like, do, does it have to be red? Like, you can say, dyed any color. She looked <clears throat> absolutely amazing, but I have been so confused by this character and maybe that's the point. And she does say this to Brady, like I could change. I could go back again. I don't know. And, and I, I get it. I do. And, and this, I, Gilly, I was thinking about this in the sofa watching it. And and I was trying to figure out why her plot point is upsetting. And maybe it's upsetting yeah. to think that there will be a point in your life that you'll look around at all of the things that you've have and the things that at one point you wanted. And you'll look at it and say, no, I don't want it at all. And that's fucking yeah, terrifying that. as somebody yeah. At, yeah. like in our 30s on the cusp of making big choices that at the time, like we watched Miranda make big choices, have a kid, buy a home in Brooklyn, marry the guy you love. And then for us to see it now being like, none of it was what you want now. That is terrifying. And I think that's why her plot point is unsettling. And it, I think what's also unsettling about it is. We're OK, and and hop in here if I say something kind of wrong. But Miranda's making life choices with the flexibility and time and nonchalance as someone who's maybe like in their 20s or early 30s or even early 40s for that matter has where where they can like, you know, pivot and like have a career change and like move across the country or whatever. And it's really hard to watch Miranda. Not only did she make this huge decision to go back to school, but then she's now like dropping out of school and like moving to LA. Like it just feels so like, I don't know, youthful in a way that doesn't feel accurate. I don't know. Maybe that's unfair. Maybe it's an, maybe, but don't you think that there are so many people who that's their dream to abandon Yo, their boring life and say, abandon shit. I'm going to yeah. follow like sexual instincts, find more <laughs> passion. I feel bored. And then she's living in a fantasy, right? Like that is the fantasy yeah. for a lot of people and that they're going to move Mid-life to that crisis. different place, yeah. be with that different person. I'm going to be happy now. Fuck work. Like it's everyone's dream in, in a sense, like a little dream to kind of say, I'm going to have a completely new life that not everyone's dream, but I know it's a common thing in midlife to kind of look around, take stock of what you have. And if you don't like it, no one really, a lot of people don't have the freedom to just be like, fuck it because they're bogged down by responsibility. And it's like Miranda has maybe none, no responsibility, or maybe she's just saying fuck it. But like, if this was a man yeah. Who did this, who was married yeah. to a good woman for 20 something years yeah. and then met a hot new thing who made him feel yeah. really fucking good. So he decides yeah. to leave his family, leave yeah. the child and follow the hot new thing to California because she was shooting a pilot. You'd be like, that guy's a fucking asshole. It wouldn't be yes as empowering. No. That's how I think of it. Yes and no. If he was coming out. <gasps> In the process, you know what I mean? It, Where it was like yeah, sexually okay. liberated. Yeah, but it, it's almost like, to me, 
no. I, 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 why does the sexuality have to play into it? Why is that an excuse to like kind of abandon somebody? Yeah, I think, I think. But I get it. I get it. Like, follow yourself, be yourself. I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, okay, so let's turn around. If it was a guy who met some like hot guy who made him feel amazing, it was like, fuck, this is this is what I feel. And this is what I want. I didn't feel this way before. I'm, I'm yeah. not gay, but this I got to follow this. It feels a little like. I, I don't know why well, it doesn't sit well, but I think other well, people what, it doesn't sit well with them either. What doesn't sit well with me is that Miranda is the like breadwinner, like primary, like income person of oh, the family. Yeah. And they have a brownstone and it just They haven't paid off that Steve mortgage. Owns a, you know, like Steve owns a bar. <laughs> he hasn't paid off that mortgage either. So like what? <laughs> and they had to so, pay for Brady's just, college. Like what is happening? Like, does Miranda work? I don't think so. I think she like goes downtown and stalks Carrie's exes with her. Like, I don't think. <laughs> and so something that um, Catherine mentioned, this is my older sister. She sent me a text. And in the first episode, we brought this up um, and we said the show for as woke and as modern as it wants to be will never, ever touch socioeconomics they will never oh, no. touch no. finances unless it's like no. cute and 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 flirty and fun and yeah. it just they won't go there and i think when you have right. people writing a show of profound privilege they like can't yeah because they don't understand it and not every show or, has to be like in yeah. touch with the financial realities of life like i get it it's a fantasy whatever but it's and i get sex in the city is supposed to be like glamorous and I, um, yes this is true it's like i get it I, I, but yeah. it's it's just it's funny that just like you're like, trying to be you're trying to be really aware of things like race and gender and different non-traditional relationship dynamics and that you're like the economy let's not go there you know money we like we're gonna yeah, live in, in a post-covid world yeah yeah and, but i also think what's also like i think part of that is that we watched the whole original show people related to yeah and maybe they didn't relate to like you know a high-powered you know harvard grad law lawyer or like a head pr person like samantha whatever but i think i think those characters were like archetypes or like we all have like that friend and then i think dating and being in a city and you know deciding you know in your 30s as a woman like what you want to do with your life has was super relatable. And that's why it's had such a cult following. And now the show just feels it's almost like in like a dream, like state. It's just, everything feels so like not down to earth. Yeah. And not realistic or relatable. Yeah. Simply not simply relatable. And I think that's why there is show is nothing kind of relatable, hard to watch, nothing, nothing relatable about and it. And the, just the Carrie apartment situation was so unrelatable. Uh, like, if you know anything about like real estate or moving, I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. This is such bullshit. And this is like, it's still unclear to me what happened to that other apartment. Who, and she, who, and she, and she's like, doesn't even give a fuck. But the, um, 
I will actually say this, though, about the episode is that I like how it ended. I actually liked the ending. Um, all right. Well, how did it end? That Carrie and the hot producer hooked up in the elevator. Oh, right. I forgot about that. I'm a sucker for romance and I'm a sucker for hot podcast producers who like <laughs> make a move. So you know what? I knew from the first episode that that guy and Carrie were going to hook up. I, I truly he did. Yeah. He was too good looking and too yeah. smiley and sparkly eyed at Carrie for this not to happen. And had enough gr- and for it had enough gray hair for this. To oh, yeah. He was he wasn't full gray, but he was salt and peppered in a way that was going to work. Yeah. So I definitely yeah. saw this happening. Um, I knew the teacher and her were not going to work. She, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I'm kind of bummed that didn't work. But I mean, I get it. Also, I'm sorry, but like there's no way that he was New York State's 2018 teacher of the year. Like teachers, <laughs> to be teachers like of I'm not going to brag, thing, but I, yeah. I, I, I am a New York City Big Apple winner and no yes, one in my is. group looked like that. OK, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you know teachers, they don't look like him. OK, yeah. no, especially men. So that was just like so unrealistic, but it was just kind of funny. Um, I would love to get a touch on the they mitzvah. So yes. we thought it was bay mitzvah but it actually is a they mitzvah great and i thought charlotte is like mom of the year she's so freaking sweet and trying Mm. her goddamn best with this kid i hate when kids i hate when i see like spoiled unappreciative kids in shows i'm like you little twat but um, it was really hard to watch rock not even want to like do any of their memorization of the torah or any of their religious scripture stuff and then they had what's his face go in and like anthony reprimand anthony yeah why was anthony reprimanding rock i think anthony's like an uncle to rock and so i think he has the and because he's always been charlotte's like like kind of like her guard dog, you know, the one who's going to like bark yeah. because she can't yeah. or bite or bite because she he can't. I don't know what the yeah. fuck that saying is, but, you know, Charlotte can't always be the tough guy and she has a hard time doing it. And Anthony was always that like edgy counterpart to her character. And um, first off, I'm, I'm and I'm also, yeah. yeah, I'm so annoyed that Charlotte had to go up and like do all the you know, reading and singing that, and all that. That like, also goes to show that she has lost full control over those children. If you do understand <laughs> if my mom asked me to do something as a kid and she, if my mom gave me one look, I would be like, I'm, I will do yeah. it. Like I am, you are my superior. I would be dead. And I, I will do dead. it, especially if they put in effort for something and I just didn't feel like it. Like, no. Not to mention all the checks that Rock's going to get by the end of the thing with their they mitzvah money. Rock's probably going to make like $20,000 at least. Your parents put in like, all of that effort and you cannot stand up and your pa- I, I just I could not relate to that at all. If my parents said like this, like first of all, they didn't force me to ever do anything as a kid. But if there was expectations for me to do something like I was yeah. going to do it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And that bottom my t- And so, there wasn't a good enough answer, to be honest. It was basically like, I, I'm not a boy. I'm not a girl. Just like, I'm not I'm lazy. binary. <laughs> I'm not Jewish. I'm not this. I'm just like, I'm just not. I just want to sit and play video games. I'm like, OK, they got they got rock a trans 
rabbi like what more did rock want like, like and with the, like the pride yarmulkes and yeah, like it was pulled out the stops yeah. yeah okay so i have never been to a bar or bat mitzvah i have been to many many before and it was it was fun to see because like i because it was like making me remember um because sometimes they would have like the service in the morning the religious service in the morning and then you'd go home and then you'd go back out in the evening for the party or sometimes it would be the service and then they would have a bus to the party or sometimes the service would be in the same building as the party, which is what was in this episode. And um, there's usually a theme, right? Usually a theme. Um, really funny themes where like a friend had Moulin Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> is like really funny to think about. Moulin Rouge was so big at that time, though. <laughs> it was so big. Like a Moulin Rouge, like you're now a woman, like themed. Hey, sister, soul, sister, gotta get that. Um, oh yeah, we were obs- like, everyone was obsessed with that movie came out. Okay, so if you talk to Heather, Heather and I both wanted to be like, we, I think we talked about like if, if a play was put on in school, we both wanted to be, what, what was it? Sabine, Sadine? What's her fucking name in it? Nicole Kidman. Oh, uh, I can't remember. Whatever. But I like imagined myself being that character and singing <laughs> like the songs Diamonds were magical. Diamonds are girls, best friends. <laughs> Come what me. You just Come me. So good. Yeah. You know what? Great bat mitzvah theme. Um, great party theme. <laughs> just great theme overall. Um, some of the things I actually love seeing the ridiculous bar and bat mitzvah photos from like the <sighs> early aughts. They're like, oh my God. Well, okay. Actually, that's so funny because I remember at bar and bat mitzvahs, there would be like different kinds of vendors. So like maybe you could get your like shirt spray painted or you like airbrushed, or maybe they could like superimpose you onto like a movie poster or like a CD album or something like that and or there was like a karaoke like area or something and but what was really funny and kind of funny timing is that the shirt i don't know if people have seen online on instagram like the shade t-shirt with chase well, that reminded me of like an airbrushed bar mitzvah t-shirt. And I thought it was like related to the episode. Wait, what is that? It didn't make an appearance in the episode, no, right? No, Gilly, I think that's- What the hell I think was that? Bradshaw boys who put that out. Wait, what? They really? make the best <laughs> and just like that Sex and City content and memes. Really, really good. <laughs> Highly recommend them. They're super funny on Instagram. Talk about an Instagram presence. I love it. I repost a lot of their shit, but I think they made the shirts <laughs> like the, and it was like a, like a graphic thing. They just put on a picture. Oh my gosh. So funny. But he actually, um, I'm forgetting what his name, who does the Bradshaw boys, Kevin, he did an essay on medium about why Che Diaz sucks. I don't know if you read it. I, <laughs> no, I, I didn't I, read it. I posted it. it to our Instagram and it's really, really good as to why this character like sucks. And because <laughs> I think this is an incredibly, incredibly selfish character. Yeah. And totally. it's, it is it is like a it's such a red flag personality but like if you've anyone who's done therapy 
Like, this is a type of person you avoid in any relationship. I know. I, that's why it's so hard to see Miranda it's, just fall head over heels and follow them to. It feels really dangerous is what it, it feels. It's like, you know this, where this road goes. The, yeah, you know it, the it, ending it, of this. Yeah. 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 Um, speak- There's no way this can end well. Okay, so speaking of endings, Carrie mm-hmm. ends up going and deciding she and first off, this whole episode was like this dream like sequence where yes. she's having flashes, yes. the lights are being turned on in her apartment. It's just oh weird. God. It's bad writing. And she she finally comes to realization that Big wants to be laid to rest in Paris. And when I tell you that I fucking cackled when I saw her <laughs> shake violently that Eiffel Tower bag with his ashes. And she was like, ah! like you think she would sprinkle them gently, but instead she takes it like it's like a salt or pepper shaker and like really just like getting it out. I thought it was one of the funniest things that why they had her do it that way. Like not take the ashes gently, but just shove it out the water. Also, like, I'm sorry, I'm calling a carry tracker. I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. Like my carry tracker went off immediately when she told the girl she was going to Paris. She uh, like Carrie's so selfish that she's like, mm, yeah, I was thinking, you know, it really sp- Paris just really spoke to me right now. Like, I just would love to go to. It's for big, though. It's for big. Yeah, trips on me. Yeah, I'm gonna you go guys to- are going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trips on the late big. Okay. So my carry tracker is the same thing. Like, can you imagine? Like, if I was like, mm, I really want to go to, like, Maui. But, <laughs> but there's a reason why. There's, like, a really important reason why. I'm going to write it off in my taxes. So my like, carry tracker is the same part in which she invites Charlotte and Miranda. Charlotte says. Mm-hmm. is excited is down i'm in <laughs> the final thing in this carrie charlotte saga of mistreatment miranda says no so carrie disinvites charlotte <laughs> like charlotte is there for you says she can go no she can make <laughs> I didn't it even and then notice miranda's that. just drops out so she's like you know what I'm, I'm gonna do it on my own like how fucking mean is that where it's not like i'm gonna just like how low she must think of charlotte because if charlotte had said no she'd still go with miranda so like the dynamics of the friend group have been revealed you know who carrie prefers <laughs> like does she even like charlotte or I don't know. this whole series has been so mean to her <laughs> I mean, here's the thing that might it, the, that carry tracker is really funny because it reminds me of something like <laughs> like, OK, let's be honest. Let's be real. Has there ever been a time in your life when you've been planning maybe a small get together? Absolutely. And you're like, well, if uh, those three people say no, I don't want to be stuck <laughs> with bloody blah. <laughs> no, that is exactly it. And everyone knows how this happens. But you're like, fuck, you're not going. Well, I'm not going to go if you're not going to go. Like, yeah. shit, like, yeah. you know, you know, <laughs> Heather's out of town. Well, fuck, we can't do that. You know, just we of- absolutely cannot. Be stuck with so this I totally understood Carrie's thought process. But just it really you just feel bad for Charlotte in that moment because you're like, oh, Charlotte, sweet Charlotte, you've tried so hard it's not gonna work um but the and this but thing- it was it it was a pretty god I, I was gonna say it was pretty smart but maybe it's just like baseline writing that they tried to paint the same 
series finale concept that they had used in this series. But now it's flipped with Miranda and Carrie. So, you know, Miranda, which is one of our Miranda-isms, it's our Miranda call-out chime. What are you going to do over there without your job? Eat croissant? Which is, what are you going to do in Paris? Like, eat croissant? And um, now we have Carrie kind of reprimanding Miranda or, or you know, asking what are you going to do? What are you going to do like in, LA? in L.A.? Sit in a, like a, uh, an audience and, and like laugh all day. Something It was something yeah, along that, the lines yeah. of that. And so, yeah. yeah, there was a ton of parallels between this uh, season finale and then the, the, the kind of last two episodes of the, of the actual series. Um, but I do like what Miranda said. And I, I was thinking about it. And I was trying to create a question for you, Roundick, but we can talk about it, which is Miranda says to Carrie, am I not allowed to change a little bit? Yeah. And I thought that was a good question. Like, I thought that was, you know, interesting that she brought that up. Um, Because you've when you I don't know what it's like to be at their age in their 50s, but I imagine it's. It's probably like harder for them to even imagine Miranda going to L.A. after that trip they went on 15 years earlier. Like for that length of time where you see a friend grow and, you know, go through their changes. Yeah. Are they allowed to like make a harder pivot even like a a little bit? I as you get older, I think it's really really difficult to make big life changes and to walk on a path and have two roads you can go down and to take the unfamiliar path I think is really hard yeah and we become very set in our identities with our identities are not only formed by who we think we are but how other Mm -hmm. people perceive us and to completely mm-hmm. step outside of that must be really challenging. So in one sense, Miranda is doing something really wonderful mm-hmm. and that she's yeah. showing, you know, there is like you are not set in who you are. Like we yeah. are dynamic. We can change. We have you are not confined by past choices. And that really is a nice message. I just wish it, she was doing it with somebody worthy of that change and that like big <laughs> you know, yeah. life move. It'd be, it'd be so nice. Like, can, can you imagine if they put Miranda with like a really fucking wonderful character, a wonderful character, like a counterpart? We'd be cheering for her. We would be cheering for her. But I, I, I wonder, do you think the writers know that like so many people are like upset with this Che character as Miranda's love interest. So I think you really need to read the article that the guy wrote from the Bradshaw Boys. So he was talking about how because Che Diaz is non-binary, they purposely made this character. They never show vulnerability. There's no weaknesses. They've made this character like... Oh my God, I want to pull it up. Like what he, how he described it because they were so careful about not like making a weak non-binary character. Interesting. Yes. I'm actually, interesting. Yeah, I want to pull this up because but it even, was really interesting. Even Che themselves identifies as 
being masculine, mm-hmm. would you say, right? Yes. And um, maybe I'm just kind of like breaking down what you're saying in a kind of non-cohesive thought process, but it's like my brain just thought, okay, does like feminine, is femininity like associated with weakness? You know what I mean? Of course it is. Well, of course it is. I mean, that was rhetorical. Okay, but wait, I'm is, pulling up but the Do you think that now. was part of the character development too? You know what I mean? Yeah. Something that this author writes is the, a trope called the magical queer. And it's like an offshoot of the like magical Negro, a black character who comes to like help a white character achieve their dreams. Yeah. And Roxanne Gay has like touched on that in yes. some of her books. So the there's this definition of the magical queer from TV tropes. And it's the magical queer has all the wisdom in the world because they are gay and has been persecuted because of it. They are the audiences like ASAP and, and queerness. So Chase's purpose is to teach Miranda, the uptight, formerly assumed straight woman, the new ways of the queer world. Um, and people make fun of Chase comedy concert for not being funny. Instinctually, the audience knew that the comedy special should not be funny, but this one is not. The point of that special, though, is not to be funny. It is to teach. This is the clearest moment of ASAP and queerness I can imagine. Read the essay. I'm not able to, like, sum it up in, like, the clearest sense, but it, like, Che is not a real person. Like, no one knows people like that. And because they've made this kind of, like, trope of a person this like character of a person mm. um and but i guess sex and city did that a lot they did that with samantha they did that with charlotte right. so i feel like they're right. kind of known as it as kind of making characters of the character um yeah but anyway so what other i'm trying to think what other plot points in this episode are worth noting did we cover them all i think that's mostly it um you know, I guess like rocks they mitzvah kind of ended well because they all, as a family, went up and recited the Torah together. Um, it was kind of cute to see Charlotte have her, um, you know, shining moment as a very proud Jewish yeah. woman. I thought that was sweet. Yeah. Um, oh, something else in this episode that I fucking loved. I loved that they yeah. t- talked about. They talked about the afterlife. Like <gasps> I was they gonna say really, heaven in the afterlife. I did. Yeah. Like I, I was very surprised that a topic like this would yeah. come up. And and I know they really glossed over it, but Miranda is obviously seems like a an atheist. Um and yeah. Carrie and, and Charlotte were both kind of being like, Well, if you know, you don't know, you can't say you know, you know, like very agnostic kind of worldview. Yeah. Um I, I thought that was super They were talking about yeah, just to recap our list for our listeners. They were talking um, apropos of Carrie thinking she had supernatural beings in her apartment, which is like, when has the show ever had like supernatural moments? Like, I hate when. No, Miranda thought she had a ghost in her apartment living above her. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. I forgot about that. Good point. Yeah. Um, Basically, Carrie's trying to say, you know, Big's mad at me. And Big's mad at me because I like kiss the teacher, kissed, kiss the teacher. And Miranda's like, my Mirandaism for that moment is. It feels good to be sarcastic. It's just guilt. It gets fixed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that was definitely work. I it's think it's not like Tinkerbell in the lamp. It's just you. And but but Carrie and Charlotte, I guess, believe in heaven and 
it's new to Miranda because I guess Miranda and Carrie have talked about maybe how they don't believe in that. So that it was that was actually a really interesting moment that I kind of wish was flushed out a little bit more. Oh my God. Can you imagine the girls having a highly intellectual conversation? It's never happened on the show. I would love to see a philosophical take on that. I would love a philosophical debate between Carrie Bradshaw and anyone. Cause like, I don't know <laughs> if she could hold her own in it. I, I just don't <laughs> think so. I think it'd be very based on like feelings, right? Like, well, this is how and I like feel. Sh- <laughs> and like shoes. And shoes. <laughs> There'd be some sort of fashion metaphor, but I actually really like that they brought that up. Um, and speaking of Samantha, a, a lot of yes. Samantha plot points in this and, you know, Carrie reaches know. out saying, I kissed a man and and Samantha gives a cute little response. Like the first of many. The first of many, makes some jokes. And then when Carrie ends up being in Paris, reaches out to Samantha, that's, you know, do you want to meet up for a cocktail? And Samantha says, sure. So we do see, you know, in the first episode of the season, Samantha doesn't respond to Carrie and now they're meeting up. So there seems to be maybe a little bit of an opening for friendship again. I thought Samantha was in London. I know. So again, the privilege that maybe Carrie is just like a plane or train yeah. away. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, I, I was like, they teed it up twice in this episode because the first time Carrie was like, want to talk like on the phone and samantha wrote soon in the text message how mysterious can you imagine if a guy texted you that you'd be like so do you want to talk or not like i'm getting a little mixed signals here want to get that drink (laughs) around the corner or (laughs) soon when is soon soon um but (laughs) they teed up a second time when carrie asked to meet in paris and now I'm like very nervous about Kim Cattrall, who's on How I Met Your Father, which I'm watching, by the way. And are is this their like last ditch effort to get Kim Cattrall <laughs> on this show? Kim, They're just you like, can work remotely. We will have you just be virtual. You can do Zoom things with her. <laughs> I was wondering, is that what they're trying to do? Great resignation, Kim. We get it. We get the employees have a lot of power. We will let you do this um, over the phone. Like, like pretty much her entire character has just been through text messages through Gary. Like, this is the remote work at its best. Um, It's so... It's so absurd to me that they did this. It's, It's so absurd to me that they, like... You know, it's it's kind of like, what is it? What quote is it where it's like, well, uh, so I still have a chance. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Right? Like, yeah. I, do you think I, I truly wonder if they think Kim Cattrall is going to come on? Because I'm telling you, if fucking Kim Cattrall came back for season two, oh, baby, I am there. I will watch that shit because I'm telling you, this show is missing. Sarah, Kim you, Cattrall. we watched this whole first season. And I did it begrudgingly. And, and I will do there. it willingly <laughs> next time. I, I was ready to drop out after the first episode. I am here because of you this is, and our listeners. Okay, this is very true. But you, you will be, better be there if Kim Cattrall is in the second season. Um, I think they tried to make Seema a kind of Kim Cattrall character. Oh, yeah. And. 
Seema was, so was not independent enough for me. She latched on to Carrie like a fast friend. And I'm yeah, very yeah, yeah, wary yeah. of fast yeah. friends. I don't think those me are good too. friendships. Me too. Me too. Yeah. The, and then the Seema's plot, like, we just find out that she like kind of likes this guy that she's having sex with and like, like smoking okay, cool. in a hotel. I mean, I, I what, yeah, whatever, but I mean, the guy was like, really good, cute. Good, good for her. Yeah. Do your thing. But like, I don't care. Okay. Gilly, <laughs> have you ever been on the phone with a friend while a man is like basically trying to mount you? That is inappropriate. That um, is no, that is not no. okay. It's <laughs> no, not okay. It's not, it's not okay. But you know, what's really funny about it. And this is where my cat Carrie, I have a second Carrie tracker coming. Carrie's so busy, like blah, 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 blah. Talking about her own fucking life on the phone, not letting anyone else get a peep in that. Of course, people on the other end are like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good, babe. All right. Exactly. They're like, you know, all like right. Carrie's just calling people at two in the morning. <laughs> To talk about her feelings and, like um, won't go to a therapist it's like yeah seriously no, okay. like that checked out okay, that actually you are absolutely right that whole scene <laughs> is just so reflective of carrie's relationship with others where they're just like i can't give you any attention or time of day here like i'm not gonna drop what i'm doing um, <laughs> speaking of other people in carrie's life her friendship with her podcast mate does not make sense. Oh, wait, we need to talk about Che's departure from the podcast, dropping it like that yes. on her coworkers. Yes. It is so wildly yes. unprofessional. It's okay. And she was, and they, they were just like, it's better for me in my career. It's done what I've needed it to do. And I was like, you show no remorse or any sense <laughs> of like taking other people's feelings into consideration. And it's like this podcast is now dissolved. It's like, again, like, can we do this remotely <laughs> recording in the way that you and I are remotely recording this second? And Jay, based based on what I've seen from the Netflix specials, like this is not going to work out this pilot. Like, I, I don't <laughs> think this is going to happen. Maybe, maybe it will. But like Carrie clearly doesn't need the money. She's fine with a podcast ending. Everything she does is basically yeah. hobbies at this point. And but I, I, I do think the coworker probably relied on that check. The what's the guy's name? Jack, Jackie, Jack. Um, yeah, Carrie and Jackie yeah. would never be friends. No, never. No, that would be the weirdest podcast. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing. If it was just them, yeah. Um, the 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 wedding scene was very odd. It was super unnecessary. I think they like put that in because yeah, they had so to like cut the scenes with Chris Noth out, and they're like, "This is the footage yeah. we have. We're just gonna splice it in here. Try and yeah. connect the hot producer." Um, yeah. You know, they could have just had the producer run into Carrie in the hallway somewhere. You know what I mean? Like the, the, that wedding scene was bullshit. Well, sp speaking of big and them having to compensate for being big being dropped out. Do you think in the and just like that documentary, which we will mention, be watching and reviewing, which we will be watching and reviewing. Do you think that they'll be mentioning anything about Chris Noth in that documentary? Absolutely not. Well, that that annoys me. That really annoys me. Do you understand how they're handling this? This is a see this, no evil, hear no evil. This. Yeah. This whole production is a carry tracker. 
Like, I'm sorry, but they are just <laughs> so obsessed with this and just like that. They're like reboot. Big who? They have a podcast. They have a documentary. They Like, this is insane. Like, how much do we need to, like, hash out this show? And yet we just want to know about Chris Noth. Like, that's what we want to know about. We want to know a lot of things and yet the show's not going to give it like there's there will be no footage of him because they want to move oh they want to disassociate so much from that name yeah did anything ever yeah. come about with that, that i don't know i don't think so i don't think there was any like per, like progression in and you know charges or anything like that cancel culture is really really fascinating um because yeah. anybody at any time can be victim to it and of course there yeah. are people who are deserving of it absolutely like if you commit yeah. like a heinous act towards a woman like no you should not be glorified or be like well keep yeah. his job you know like separate work but I really I almost wonder if we're if it's going to be like if we're desensitized like I wonder if after all of me too and like the consequent mm. like um allegations of other people that come up in the, the most recent years I wonder if people are going to start like drawing the line I wonder if it's almost going to like take us back to a place of like because we're cutting out basically snipping out so many you know creators <laughs> in entertainment that people are going to be super pissed and then like the line is like okay you can like you know sexually assault people as long as they're not kids like you know what I mean and no hurting like, animals cool. you know like that yeah, draw the yeah, line there yeah. Chris Noth no I, I, yeah. I think you become like anything desensitized to it and it was kind of you know and I do think a lot of the stories that have come out dilute the the really important stories like yeah, what Harvey exactly. Weinstein did yeah. was absolutely disgusting. They there are atrocious like you know Epstein like those are vile monstrous people and also the the industry of film let alone so many industries in which people have been you know preyed upon in their workplace and and that's real yes absolutely and so there is obviously like rot in the system that needs to be like extracted and kind of figured yeah. out how it got there in the first place. And a lot of it has just been like silence and complacency. But I think like when you look at entertainers like Aziz Ansari, when his name was dragged yeah. into it, most women I talked to, not all, a lot kind of said that just sounds like a bad date. That doesn't seem sounded like, like a shitty day. A shitty and he date. was kind of creepy creepy but like didn't really do anything but illegal didn't yeah misconduct. And, and i i don't know i i and and again i don't know anything about chris noth i i always believe women i really am not you know a victim yeah, laner too. or like innocent to proven guilty whatever i'm 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 sure a lot of men in entertainment get away with a lot of shitty fucking things yes. because they're in entertainment yes um so yes. but i i do sometimes think people are very, very quick to judge and to like cancel without getting full information. And I, yeah. living in a world like that is really scary because yeah. you can't make any yeah. errors. Um, um, speaking of which, I think we joined Spotify at the wrong time. It seems like as we are joining, everyone right. is leaving. <laughs> that was so funny. I don't know. It's so silly to me because it's, it's just like a streaming app. Like, I'm not going to get off Venmo because 
it's tied like to like big I banks. Don't, you know? <laughs> well, someone I don't like uses Venmo. You know what I mean? So <laughs> like I that's so silly. Like, yeah. I don't, OK, maybe I'll be regretting this. Maybe 10 years from now, when I listen to this MP3 of this episode, I will be canceled and I won't <laughs> like what I'm saying. But I think it's just like really weird to me that like people are leaving Spotify because they don't like that Joe Rogan is on. I mean, I. Yeah. And, and they, they believe that he. And I'm not a fan of Joe Rogan. And they, at, and they like, believe that all. Joe Rogan has guests that um, spread misinformation. Um, and they do. And, and, they and do. sure, I I'm a huge proponent of free speech and i think it's super we've become a very censored country and even me saying this i feel like bad saying it because i don't want people to think of me like i am not progressive or i'm not liberal or yeah you know and and so i I'm not going to defend Joe Rogan. I'm not defending Spotify, but I'm also not going to like leave the platform. I'm still using it. But I I guess I guess what I want to challenge people, the same people who are like leaving Spotify or whatever the hell's going on, because I'm not entirely sure. I want to challenge those people to leave Instagram. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because whether it's like they delete their account or they stop like like or they get rid of all their own followers. Like, I feel like I don't really understand why a, a line is drawn at Instagram. Like Joe Rogan uses Instagram. Yeah. A lot of people, Donald Trump, like a lot of people use Instagram. I don't like those people particularly like Twitter. I'm on it. Yeah. I would like to get off of Instagram for like a myriad of other reasons. And that's not even one of them. Yeah. And so th- that's why I find it weird that like sp- like people like are doing that with Spotify. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, and I I don't again, I liked the his podcast because of the interesting guests he's had on. I don't yeah, find he's had him a lot of interesting, interesting guests. But there. he has created a platform where there are educated intelligent people who come on now not all of them like i don't think alex jones should have a spot on your place like i think he's a fucking lunatic like should we yeah. be listening to him for an hour and a half like no i don't think so That's so long but i really That's like torture. neil degrasse tyson who's been on there yeah i like some of the cool um you know celebrities and comedians R- regardless where we are on Spotify, if you want to listen to us on there, <laughs> fine. If you don't, if you want to go to Apple Podcasts, we get it. Um, we we're on Google Podcasts. Honestly, and any, we appreciate any listen wherever, wherever, whenever. We have loved doing this podcast for this past ridiculous season of and just like that. Um, going into season two, it looks like Carrie is having her own podcast called Sex and the City. This feels very meta. And Charlotte is just going to continue to be a good mom. And Miranda might be a California girl. <laughs> like, who knows? And Sammy Jones oh might be back. But um, any fashion call outs? Oh, my God. She's fashion roadkill. I loved Carrie's date outfit with the professor that like floral flowing dress yes. and the pink um I love the blush blazer and I I mean again satin. I, oh god I love the blush yeah and I loved Carrie's hair actually at the bat mitzvah like that poofy puffed oh my gosh. up it was kind, 1960s hair yeah, yeah I, I really like that. liked that um what about you 
I, I think I liked actually Carrie's outfit at the day mitzvah. I think I, I really liked the hair and the dress. Um, nothing else really stood out to me. Um, but yeah, I think overall just, I've actually really enjoyed the fashion. I mean, I think some of it has been like really outrageous, um, and not practical at times, but, um, I also have a note that Carrie was the queen of crossbody clutches this season. Oh, yeah. So I liked all her crossbody blazers and blazers. Um, So, yeah. Um, But so Sarah and I have some fun things coming up, including our review of the documentary. And then also... We are going to be, I don't know if you want to share, Sarah. Sure. So for a one of our favorite <laughs> guests and closest friend, Heather, is taking me for my birthday ahead in January, and we are going on a Sex in the City <laughs> tour in New York City. So we are, <laughs> and we will be recording a episode after or live the live we're gonna try and figure this out true um, journalists i have on the scene. never been on a tour we are going on a cold fucking a day bus tour, a right? bus tour in february we're gonna be doing all the stops it's gonna be freezing um so yeah so we'll be <laughs> recording an episode of what we thought about the documentary we're gonna be doing kind of a, like a on the ground tour of our the the sex in the city tour i mean an episode about the tour and then we might get back to just kind of jumping in with our Every two weeks with season three. We left off right in the middle of season three when it just like that came out. Yeah. So if you have any questions for us or comments or ideas of things that, you know, we could do on the podcast, feel free to email us at the Miranda's pod at gmail.com or find us on Instagram. Stop, at stop trying to make the, the Gmail pod. happen. <laughs> stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. That Gmail does not get anything. It's a pod bean type thing. Um, no, I see a lot of influencers do this thing. We're like, all right, guys, submit ideas for solo episodes. And I'm always like, yeah. oh, Jesus Christ. But I mean, if you guys have any ideas, like maybe you like hearing us talk. I don't know. Maybe I wonder if people like hearing us talk about the show or going into personal anecdotes. Maybe they're like, shut the fuck up. We don't care about where you danced in middle school, where you grinded in a church basement. I mean, or <laughs> Satan's shoes on a cute guy in a bar. But, you know, that's, those are the things that make us laugh. Um, or maybe the shared hatred of and just like that seems to be a common denominator. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so thank you guys all for listening. We will be back next week with a post episode after we watch the documentary, which I think is going to be really fun to watch. Yes. All right. See you next time. All right. And just like that. Bye, ladies. (laughs)